Doug and Marty vs. the World is sponsored and paid for by Marty McClendon, Doug Bassler, and EasyTVSpots.com. Round one, go. All right, it's time to get busy. This is Doug Bassler. And Marty McClendon. This is Doug and Marty versus the world. And before we get started with the show, we're so thankful that you're tuning in to listen to us every Saturday across the ACN network. I'm really concerned about Doug. I mean, Doug, how are you doing? Are you holding up okay? You know, after the queen passed away, I know that it's a big deal for you. So. <laughs> No, no queen, but Jesus, no king, but Jesus, but no king, but king, Jesus. king Charles, you know, and then of course there's huge drama between, you know, Meghan Markle and, and Harry and William and uh, all these other people. So Kate, it's just like, whatever. It's like a soap opera, brother. I, I don't know. I know that they have the prime minister and the formal government's different and the monarchy is different. And, I, and it's, I just think it's interesting. Um, that I'm far more concerned, absolutely devastated at the possibility that Pat Sajak is going to leave Wheel of Fortune, brother, after 40 years. 40 years. Talk about longevity in a career for a job, yeah. too, right? Think about that, right? How about Vanna White? Is she already there or is she gone? <laughs> <laughs> no, she's still there, brother. Uh, will she still be there with Pat? You know, I mean, how old is Vanna White? She's got to be 60s. Right. And she's got to be she, 60s. Yeah. She still looks great. Right. So uh, it's amazing what you can do with makeup and, you know, camera lenses and all that. Just saying. But Just no, saying. I, and ma maintaining your health. Obviously, I need to do better about that. So will Wheel of Fortune <laughs> be the same without Pat and Vanna? That's what I want to know. I, you know, I've, I, I had an interesting experience uh, last Tuesday night at our Eastside Republican Club meeting. One of the young Republicans got up and uh, is supporting uh, Tiffany Smiley, who is the Republican uh, nominee for office in for the Senate here in Washington State, right? Yep. US and Senate, yep. Uh, he goes, I've never known any senator except Patty Murray because she's been there for 30 years. And so he's under 30. Right. And so I got up afterwards and I said, well, I've never known any uh, queen other than uh, Queen Elizabeth. So does that mean I'm young? <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's funny. Well, she was there for seventy years, brother. Yes, so she no, was. That doesn't mean I'm young. It well, young at heart. You're always young at heart, right? Yes. Yeah. But uh, no. Well, I uh, saw that they're going to have a a uh, ceremony, by the way, of the Queen um, for the former Queen, I should say, in, in uh, D.C. I'm like, okay, that's kind of interesting. I know they honor other dignitaries and other heads of state and so forth. Um, and our um, President Trump was invited. I thought it was pretty cool. So, hey, uh, former President Trump and former President Bush and so forth and Clinton were invited to um, the, the ceremony by the British government. So I thought that was at least they weren't like, hey, no, no, you're not in power. Um, you're dealing with some stuff right now. It's like all you're all invited. What do you think about that? I think it's really cool, and I hope he goes in there and causes a big stink. Of course, I'm talking about <laughs> 45. 45. Um, I, I, you know, who knows if he'll even go, but I think he probably will. Seems like he would. I, I know we talked off the air, and I want to get I want to get to this in a second. But um, Doug's got um, what the there's been polling done 
about the biggest issues facing Americans right now that what, we're, what people are talking about at their kitchen table. We'll share that in a second. But I know one of those uh, isn't the top two, but it relates to the top two. This idea right now, since Biden's been in office, not only have we lost the energy independence, if you will, um, because they're attacking that, but the border, the border, the border, the border. Um, and what we're seeing here is the, the border state governors. We've talked about this before, Doug, where we had DeSantis sending things up to D.C. And, and then we had uh, Abbott over in Texas sending them up to Chicago and other states. And, of course, these these liberal leftist um, mayors and governors are having a cow, right? Like, you know, we're sanctuary It's cities. wonderful. We it's don't wonderful to our, see, brother. Yeah, I know. We don't want them in our territory. We, you know, you keep. Yeah, them we want there. you to have them, but we don't want them. So the latest this news cycle keeps on going, and of course, um, there's a there's there's a double edged sword here, if you will. But DeSantis worked with Abbott to collect these Venezuelan uh, uh, immigrants across the border that were caught in Texas, and DeSantis paid for planes to fly them to. Martha's Vineyard, which is you up didn't in, say that right. Martha's Vineyard, Martha's Vineyard, right <laughs> up in, uh, uh, an island off of Cape Cod. Now, I have a question for you. Of course, of course, they immediately this this is the story behind it. Immediately said this is a humanitarian crisis. There were fifty five zero fifty. I think there immigrants. was. I thought there was ninety, but fifty is what the the Breitbart says. Okay, well, yeah, somewhere anyway. between fifty and ninety. Okay. Less than a hundred. Let's just be, be, uh, say less than a hundred uh, migrants. Not we're talking thousands. We're talking about less than a hundred. It's a humanitarian crisis. Then yes. literally, uh, like two hours later, they bust them off the island. They're like, "Nope, you're gone." <laughs> you yeah, can't be you here. think that they would? Uh, there would be a problem with that. I, if I was them, I would like sue and say, "Hey, you know, you can't. Uh, you know, I can camp on your sidewalk. I can crap in your flower garden. Whatever." Yeah. Send well, more. I hope we send plane after plane. And put and when and bust them right back in, and you know, uh, you know this this idea that uh, the Republicans are the party of the rich that is a Democrat enclave. Mm -hmm. It is, and I was thinking about this before the show. Is why do why is it such a Democrat enclave? Why do uh, Clinton go there? Why do the Kennedys go there? Why does Obama buy a big mansion there? You know, when when you think about Republican presidents. You know, Bush went to his ranch. Reagan went to his ranch in Texas. You know, you got these, uh, they typically, or Camp David or whatever, but they have these spots where Democrats go to, let the left in power go to. And this is one of those places where the elites of the, the left live on Martha's Vineyard or visit there and so forth. And so there's, there's uh, looking at like the size and scope of the place, it's not a very huge place as far as number of homes. Uh, and yet they're the rich and famous, if you will. So that's not, it's a completely another thing, but it's it's the height of hypocrisy. They have the room and clearly the resources to handle um, thousands, if you would, even coming into as migrants, but they don't want them. They don't want them in our house, in our backyard. It's the whole NIMBY thing, right? And so the hypocrisy. So the pros of what these Southern state governors are doing is it's getting national attention. It's bringing, uh, elevating hypocrisy of those that are, are in sanctuary states and sanctuary cities that they don't really mean that. They want it. It's all political talking points. They don't actually have the heart. So I think that's brilliant to your point that they're doing this, that it's making the news that people are saying, wait a minute, you didn't really mean what you said. Duh. Right. The cons of it is we're footing the bill at these southern states, if you will, to move migrants further into the country. 
You know, these are still illegal immigrants. Well, in that in that way, I agree with you. I think that's a problem. I certainly don't want to move them farther in. But uh, what we need to do is is put them on planes and send them out of the country. Yes. But um, the uh, I think the the move of it to expose this. I mean, Hillary Clinton went on record as calling sending these. And according to Fox News, it is fifty as well. Uh, but they uh, they she's called it literally called it human trafficking. This is human trafficking now by sending these families to Martha's Vineyard and, uh, you know, where the Clintons have a beautiful uh, compound. And there's uh-huh. also a compound there with walls that don't work uh, for a Barack Obama. But apparently they do work. Mm-hmm. And uh, and they all now believe in busing and busing uh, uh, illegal uh, immigrants out of their uh, ritzy little neighborhood. Um, so. This is, uh, yeah, I love the fact that God is raising up people like Ron DeSantis mm-hmm. who are willing and able to um, expose this this to everyone. And so um, will the narrative change or will the, will the things change? I think everything's about to change, brother. I think it's all about to change on November 8th. And, you know, one of the things mm-hmm. that you and I talked about, I believe it was on last week's uh, program, is the fact that we have fully 50% of evangelical Christians not voting, either not registered to vote or registered and not actually showing up to vote. Mm-hmm. And there is a, um, I forget the name of it, I'll have to look it up, but I maybe can share it later in the program. But there is an, a, a, another website now where you can actually uh, contact an evangelical Christian who's registered to vote that hasn't been voting and send them a letter. Wow. Hey, would you please vote? And it's been working really good. And I think it's conservativevote.com or something like that. Anyway, I'll have to find it. I'll find it in a minute. But um, if we'll show up and if we'll vote, we'll win. Mm -hmm. There's more of us. There's more evangelical Christians. A fully 60% or more of America identifies as evangelical Christians. Mm -hmm. But if you can get half of them not to vote, that's when you get these razor thin margins and the cheating Mm -hmm. and all these other problems, right? Well, then you get things, um, whether from the pulpit or from uh, Christian media as well, or the mainstream media that says Christians are supposed to stay out, or or that's too messy, or too no, no. You're called to engage in the culture around you, to shed the, the light of Christ, to speak truth. Voting is one of those gifts and tools and 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 uh, responsibilities we have to be informed and to vote. And to Doug's point, when we turn out, we win. Uh, all too often, though, they're pushing the political narratives onto. The, whole, the body of Christ, if you will, and the body of Christ is playing passive like or playing dead, and we can't do that. Uh, we've got to take ground, it says, and to occupy. Um, Doug, I have one question on the last story just to wrap this up. As I haven't seen any bus loads or plane loads into Seattle. Uh, you know, Sanctuary State, Jay Inslee or Jay Inslee's house. Uh, I don't foresee that happening anytime soon because, you know, you'd be sending them into a a uh, more dangerous situation, if you will, in some cases, because of all the homelessness and the drug use and the crime and so forth. What do you think? Do you think we'll ever see any of these uh, um, bus trips from Texas or Florida into Washington? So that type of a move requires courage, brother. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, hate to say it, but I am still seeing a general lack of courage on our side. For example, uh, we have a um, um, 
situation where President Biden called an entire political party domestic terrorists. Okay, so he wants a yes. one-party system. Mm-hmm. Did anyone, did Lindsey Graham stand up? Did anyone stand up and say, that's complete BS? Bullpucky. Mm-hmm. That, you know, and did any, was there any pushback at all? Right? So where's the courage? Yeah. And, I saw Ted Cruz say something. That's about it. You know, uh, yeah. Yeah. And, and and if he didn't, we'd be like, it's because he was in a coma or, right. you know, whatever. <laughs> uh, but I mean, um, one Republican out of 50 senator, Republican senators, right? Mm-hmm. And um, so uh, to be able to ship migrants to Jay Inslee's doorstep or even homeless. I mean, there's a lot, of, uh, you know, I'm, I'll be homeless. I'm in working with homeless in Olympia, Washington, the state capital. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you want to just see what the homeless problem looks like in Seattle, or I'm sorry, in Olympia, go to uh, your Google Maps and Google up the um, Olympia Transit Center and then look at Street View and then just use your little, you know, your mouse to, to navigate around that. And you will see hundreds, maybe thousands of homeless people all over the sidewalks, all over there. So they're already there. But if you go to the state capitol, there's none, right? Completely clean, nice. The other thing that I'm seeing around my hometown is um, boarded up windows, like everywhere. And these are not businesses that are out of business. These are businesses that are in business. My AT&T store, my, my car mechanic, my big five, my donut shop, my Fred Meyers, my grocery store, all of them with broken plate glass windows replaced with plywood, which is great for the timber industry, by the way, brother. I'm sure that that's wow. what they're thinking. Yeah. And then, you know, the graffiti and stuff like that. And so these things are, uh, they're not far away out there somewhere. They're, they're more and more and more right in my very own neighborhood. And so, um, you know, we might think that we can, we can get away, but they're, they're, they're chasing us. And I think that's one of the things that I appreciate so much about Ron DeSantis sending these mm-hmm. um, migrants, illegal migrants. Uh, and they're like, why aren't they saying nobody's illegal and they have a right to be here and they're making us better and stronger here in Martha's Vineyard. Mm-hmm. And they're not a, they're not a burden. They're a blessing. They're a gift as Joe Biden would say. The, the bi- illegal migrants are a gift because they're coming in here and they're doing all the things that all you uh, Martha's Vineyard people don't want to do yourself, like work. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, I, I have a story. Um, it's going to be one of those things that it, long-winded. I'll say this. We've been talking, you and I, since 2014 on the radio about the spiritual warfare. We're both, you know, Christians. We're both pastors, former pastors. We're um, politicians. We're business owners. We're family men. We understand why we do this show, whatever name is under right now, Doug and Marty versus the world. And we're grateful for our listeners, but it is a spiritual battle. Christians got to engage. We got to pray. We got to seek God. And we know that politically it's being played out, economically it's being played out, you know, and then there are times I, I, I'm sure that those in our party are like, okay, you're too religious. You say amen too much. We've heard that. We say brother too much on the radio show and so forth. But just recently, we we see the cabinet for Joe Biden. And I'll get to this, the point in a sec, Doug. Um, he's got a transgender, the head of the Human Health and Services, a man. He got woman of the year. He's a woman. 
you've got the um, the um, black lesbian, uh, sec- the press secretary, all this. Those are all kind of like, we know this is woke culture, right? They're putting people in place. The latest one was a Satanist openly for one of the cabinet positions. You have another one that was, you know, um, a trans as well. There was one that was in the BDSM, all this kind of stuff. Okay, fine. And then you're like, why? I mean, it, how much political clout can you get? by putting these positions in place to actually destroy America, right? And then the story Liz Owen from OAN, uh, Liz Liz Wheeler from OAN, uh, had a report recently about the LGBTQIA+, plus blah, 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 blah. Apparently, they're expanding the, the alphabet again, brother. They're now adding S. The, so it's now going to be LGBTQIA+, plus S. And the S stands for Satanist. And I'm like, okay, what does this have to do with the whole left transgender type movement and the flag's changing? And she explained it really, really well. The very bottom of core of Satanists, obviously, is worshiping Satan versus God, anti-God. But their sexual thing is to um, fulfill their sexual gratification any way they want to, instant gratification. When you think about the pedophiles, you think about the transgender, the the adult child thing, all the stuff, that the sickness that we're dealing with, spiritually, they're being open about it now. That's why uh, Biden appointed Satanists. That's why S is being added to the LGBTQI thing, because it's not about being nice or tolerating a different people's lifestyle. It is about destroying you know, the biblical foundations and our very way of life, marriage, one, one man, one woman, our faith in God, everything that has to do with these foundations and uh, a, a Christ-centered model is under our assault, spiritually, politically, economically. But that right there is, they're not hiding it, brother. They're not hiding it at all when you think about this. So, yep, this is all part of the master plan to destroy. Satanism, by the way, has been ruled a religion. Mm-hmm. So um, how does that fit with the separation of church and state, brother? Yeah. I don't think it matters when it's a, if it's a political narrative. Well, and it's I, like, I just, uh, you know, but, it's like the, yeah. the many of the black clergy, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Reverend um, Jesse uh, and the, these different people, right? Mm-hmm. They, they, they can do all the they want when they're on the Democrat side, right? Mm-hmm. But don't you dare come from a Hispanic church or something else that has conservative values. Right. And so it's time obviously for our uh, pastors from, of all races, all, you know, all conservative mm-hmm. Bible believing pastors, churches, church members, we need to stand up and engage. God gave us a gift brother. He gave us a country where we decide mm-hmm. what the government's going to be. So the, the old way of changing power, changing government was the bullet. The mm-hmm. the modern way that that came into, uh, you know, with Western civilization and all was to change that to the ballot. Mm-hmm. And now we have um, so many people that say, well, you know, it, it's it's a doctrine of demons to say that it's unclean to be involved in government. I mean, mm-hmm. say that to John. The Baptist say that to Joseph, who became second in charge to Pharaoh. Say that to David, who brought mm-hmm. down giants and became king. Mm-hmm. And Says Daniel, you know, who was you know high in command, right? Yeah, third ruler, be, you know, mm-hmm. for a day <laughs> before <laughs> Belshazzar got beheaded. But um, these, uh, you know, these interactions 
with government. Paul, you know, Paul appealed to Caesar. Mm-hmm. Um, the, he he used his rights when when him and Silas ended up in in a Philippian jail, and God sent an earthquake and got him out. They didn't leave, but then when the the city council or whatever came and said, "Okay, go away," and he's like, "No, we're Roman citizens. You need to come and uh, you know." Just, so just using that um, ability to uh, you know be a citizen in Rome and stuff like that, they 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 did it. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, the, the Bible stuff, and there's so much non-Bible stuff in the church today. Like God wants to bless you and love you. And if you were really loving him, you know, you wouldn't be suffering. Right. You know, the right. things that you went through with, with your, your child, you know, facing cancer or things like that, things that, you know, persecution, trouble, uh, these things are the Bibles. I'm like, which Bible are you reading? Mm-hmm. I, the Bible I'm reading has all that stuff in it. And when you begin to embrace it, and you embrace the trouble and you embrace the sacrifice. You know, fasting is such a great, uh, a great tool, right? We mm-hmm. we go without food and things like that. Why? Because we're willingly suffering for a spiritual purpose. But what if we just started obeying God and then suffering? Regardless mm-hmm. of what people think about me, I'm going to witness anyway. And if they got a problem, it's their problem, not my problem, because I'm living the faith that I say I believe. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm, I'm my action, you know, what, what, what's the old saying, right? Actions speak louder, louder than words. Mm-hmm. And so I can say, I believe, but do I believe when COVID came, did we hide? Did we run? Um, you know, I, I think people, a lot of people made poor choices mm-hmm. during this fake pandemic. I will be clear with that. They, there was not bodies in the street. It was not polio. It was not any of these other things. It was a, uh, a, a made up thing to, to push us, to test us, to see what we do. Many people failed the test, but you know what? His mercies are new every morning, Marty. Mm-hmm. We can repent. We can say, you know what? Amen. They got us. They got us once and never get me again. And just cause you and I didn't go for it. Um, maybe we passed the test a little better. Um, but you know, we went out, we, we were on the streets. We were doing what we needed to do. You mm-hmm. cannot shut down the first amendment. No. You know, people need to stand up and say, no, this constitution that we have, it's worth fighting for. It's worth voting for. Mm-hmm. It's worth running for office for. It's worth contributing. I got a bunch of con- contributions this week for my campaign, brother. And you mm-hmm. know what I love about it? What's that? They don't get tax deductions. No. They're giving because they believe in me. They're giving because they care about America. They're giving because they care about what I stand for, which is biblical truth. And right now, the war against truth, we had a... Uh, a great uh, presentation this last week. Joyce Feast came and gave a I like Joyce. Yeah. About, you know, the curriculum and stuff. And in the new curriculum, it's not about truth because did you know that two plus two equals four is racist? Did you know that science is racist? See, that's the, you know, you want to talk about the dumbing down of America. It's like, no, no, you can't be smart because that's racist. If we make you smart, that's racist, but you because know, somehow you're better than somebody else, right? You get more advantage because you're smart, right? Equity is not equality. No, it's not. Equality no. is not, is not about equal outcomes. Equality is e- equal opportunity to get mm-hmm. better. And, um, when we look at, um, you know, the opportunity that America has given, what America has done in the last couple of hundred years has been absolutely nothing less than spectacular. And it was because anybody from Italy, Africa, uh, South America, Spain, Germany, 
England, China, Japan, anybody could come to the United States of America and make their lives better, make mm -hmm. their lives better. And this demonization of people who want to sexualize our five-year-old little boys and little girls, and they're calling us sinners. Mm -hmm. They are sinners and they need to repent. They It would be better for them, according to the Bible, brother, mm -hmm. if a millstone was hung around their neck and they were cast into the sea. So yep. let the millstones come because there we go. I Amen. want to protect my little granddaughter. Absolutely. I want to protect my little grandsons from this stuff. And I am not going to say that evil is good and good is evil. And that's, that's what right. they want us to do. They want us to that's say, right. look, I didn't pick being white. I didn't pick being of European descent, German descent. Uh, but uh, that's what I was dealt. And I'm not going to be ashamed of that. And I'm going mm -hmm. to do what I need to do to serve God and to yep. live out my life the way he wants me to do it. I'm not so, going to apologize for who God made me. Yeah. I'm going to do the best with what I've been given. Exactly right. I mean, obviously, we both would have been way better off if we'd been born black because we would have been able to dance and, and <laughs> play, play sports. And there's a lot of advantages oh, that okay. they have. Stereotypes. That, yeah. Okay. Yes. I'm kidding. Of course. <laughs> I'm just saying it, you know, all my black friends are like way cooler than me. They are. Yeah. They yeah. just got a, they just got a sense of, and there's a sense of, um, just a sense of, confidence that they have that, that they exude and stuff like that. And then, um, and I love them and mm -hmm. I love my Hispanic friends and I mm -hmm. love my Asian friends. And, um, yep. you know, this idea that somehow because you're right, you're automatically racist because you have advantages. Well, look, yeah. America's like, you know, majority white. It's not because that doesn't make you racist because mm -hmm. you're around, you know, in, in France, did you know that the majority of people in France are French? Mm, Did you know that. <laughs> that the majority of the Chinese uh, population is Chinese? Chinese yeah. Does that make them automatically racist? No, of course not. Um, but to your point, there are, when you think about advantages now, modern day, you take out, you know, they try to take what happened in the past, use that in present day context as, as woke culture or whatever, but you think about if you are going to college and you're looking for um, grants, if you happen to be of a, a color, black, brown, uh, uh, Hispanic, Asian, you have a better chance because of the way uh, policies have, have done. We, uh, I did a story a few weeks ago where Bank of America is going to lend zero down loans and pay ten to $20,000 out of them to uh, allow um, black homeowners and, and Mexican homeowners in the um, mostly urban areas, predominantly black areas, uh, to allow them to increase homeownership. Uh, but like that right there, but no. I'm policy. honestly for that though. No credit score. No, no verification. I, no if, verification. If well, it's going to cause a bubble, and they're not going to be able to make their payment. Maybe that's it. They're going to what you're doing is set them up for failure. You get them a, a home ownership where they get special treatment because of their color of their skin, uh, and they can't afford it, so they lose it to the bank. Uh, you know, later on, it's just if they qualify, fine. If they can afford it, fine. But the point is, is this is not the fix. The fix is is historically families, right? We know uh, two-parent households do better, graduation rates are better, you know, success rates, generational um, passing on as far as wealth is better, but it's it's a knee-jerk response to a problem. What I'm trying to say is there's advantages 
in those places if you are black. Advantages to go to school, college if you are black. There are advantages now built into the system to try to correct a few um, former. Are you talking wrong. about black privilege, brother? I'm, I'm saying is, is if you really want to look at privilege, there are certain things where my my kids gain privilege for being half Filipino, right? They have a greater chance of succeeding in college or getting grants because they have uh, their mom is Filipina. Is that fair to kids that are all white? No, I'm, I'm not being, it's not a racist comment. It's like, we're talking about uh, terminology and trying to apply these things uh, politically and it doesn't fix the root problem. You know, we know our good friend talked about the homeownership in Seattle, 84, the, the black neighborhood had the highest percentage of homeownership in 84. And now it's the lowest. Well, why is that? Right. Yeah. Government policy is the whole time. It's been left in control. So what's destroying it? We know uh, in many cases, it's the culture, it's the um, celebrating single parent households, it's rewarding and paying more for women out of wedlock having babies. Um, that has to be fixed. Even pastors agree with us on that. It, it is a, it, that's another attack though, spiritually, which brings me back to that thing. You mentioned kids, how the sexualizing our kids in schools. This is why the agenda, why you have people in grade school and kindergarten and stuff with the gay pride pl uh, flags, trying to literally intentionally trying to groom the kids for the next generation. Well, that's why they have drag queen story hour. That's why they have all these things. We all think from the right going, that doesn't make any sense. That's sick. That's disgusting. Why would you do that? Why are we allowing these people into our education system and, and access to our kids? But now that you see the adding of Satanists to the flag, uh, to, the, to the, the letters, I should say, and the flag, they've added a brown stripe and a black stripe. The brown stripe represents the fact that we've taken over the land from the Native Americans. The black stripe apparently uh, represents Black Lives Matter, which once again said we were founded on racist principles. So we're teaching our kids to hate America, to hate God, and to hate their parents because they're the authority that oppresses them, brother. This is dangerous, very, very dangerous. So the the, the fact that they're showing us what they represent and that it's this strategic and it's militarily when it comes to a point, they're intentionally going into our schools for the purposes of, you know, the great reset of changing America into an image that we're not for. So back to the voting. This is a spiritual battle. It's a battle for our kids. It's a battle for the future. It's a battle for the Constitution. But it takes courage because Christians have to understand that you can't be more obvious. If, if you're like, well, they're just trying to be nice. They're just trying to live a different lifestyle. No. When they openly admit that it's about sort of an anti-America, anti-God thing, shouldn't that be enough for Christians to say, I'm getting engaged? You know? I Right? It's that you have no, if you're standing before Doug here, uh, my buddy, and you're like, well, you're not voting because why? Right. Right. It's, it, I don't know. Um, when you, when you don't, you've talked before brother, right. You can't win a game playing defense. I don't even know if much of the church is playing defense. Go ahead. Yeah. No, I, I'm tracking with you, brother. I, I, you know, I heard Rick Joyner say a couple of weeks ago, uh, during his Sunday service, and you can, you know, follow uh, Morningstar, MorningstarTV.com. But uh, he was saying that he, we have been given not only the right to vote, but the responsibility mm -hmm. to vote, the privilege to vote, the right to vote, but the responsibility. When you have been given much, 
much as expected of you. And he said, I wouldn't care if the cheating was so much that my vote never counted. I would not want to go before God and stand before him on judgment day. And he said, I gave you at least the ability to cast your vote. See, they don't have to cheat if you don't vote. Mm -hmm. They've already won. So let's, let's not stand before God on judgment day. And he, and say, he's going to say, why didn't you vote? Why weren't you salt and light? Why weren't you uh, on a lampstand? Why weren't you, why weren't you a city on a hill at least minimally with the secret ballot, right? It's a mm -hmm. secret ballot, but why make it a secret? I love that's one of the things that uh, Nathan French uh, a friend of ours, a prophetic pastor guy from over here on the West side, it's not meant to be a secret. You know, these things right. are not supposed right. to be, you know, my faith is a personal thing. You know, Jesus said, go into all the world and preach the gospel, Amen. announce, proclaim good news, the gospel of the kingdom. You know, we mm -hmm. don't have a, a king on earth. We have a king in heaven. His name is Jesus. He's the king. We're announcing him. He's worth obeying and following and mm -hmm. living for. And, uh, you know, I've said it, if I've said it once, I've said it a hundred times, how do you know it's the will of God? And, uh, the answer is if it scares you, it's probably the will of God. <laughs> if it's not scaring you, it's probably not the will of God. God always takes us out of our comfort zone. He always asks us to go beyond our ability and to go into the faith realm and to, to stand up and go into the faith realm. I found the uh, website I was looking for earlier. It's called okay. myfaithvotes.org. Mm -hmm. Myfaithvotes.org. I think I'll post this on our website as well. I follow and, that site. Yep. Uh, yeah. And you, they're having a letter writing campaign that you can get involved in up through September 29th. So you only have about a week or so to get involved. They have all the forms, brother. They You can download the letter. Basically, all you got to do is pick, they, they assign you somebody that you're going to basically put this letter in, put a stamp on. It's going to cost you whatever stamp costs these days mm -hmm. and you're going to mail it. And, but the, the return on investment on this is like ridiculously high, like more than 50% of people that get these letters actually vote and they vote their values. They vote the Bible values Amen. that we have. And so I want to encourage our listeners, even if there's just one or two or a hundred or however many, go to myfaithvotes.org mm -hmm. and join the Right Now Letter campaign. That's a great place. You can do, you know, how many times have we, we said this? Everybody can't do everything, but everybody can do something. something. That's right. And so we all want to begin to do something. And how many times... Have we just been in the evening or whatever afternoon on a Saturday, there's nothing to do. And you're just like, I should be doing something. Well, there's a time to work and there's a time to rest. I get it. Like sometimes you don't want to do anything and just sit in the backyard and, you know, have a nap or whatever. Right. But, um, but sometimes you got that something going on inside of you. Well, why not go to myfaithvotes.org and write a letter? Why not go, why not do something? Why not make a donation to a political campaign? Why not make a, you know, why not go visit a school board meeting? Why not do something that allows you, you know, I can't help but remember my friend that was running for Congress uh, in the fourth congressional district was at Roanoke conference 
at Ocean Shores in January. Mm-hmm. And the guy that had voted to impeach Trump, uh, Dan Newhouse, was on the podium. And I said, you need to go up there as soon as they open up the questions on that mic and you need to confront him on that. And mm-hmm. he was shaken, dude. He was I, his his knees were having fellowship one with the other. brother. They were <laughs> knocking together. Right, right. And he, and he's like, I don't know if I can do that. That's not me and everything. And I said, well, if you do it, I said, you'll be the talk of the conference. There will be a huge buzz. It'll be a big boost for your campaign and all this stuff. He went up there and I got this on video, brother, and he did it. He was trembling, but he did it. And the whole, and half the room applauded, the other half scowled, right? Mm-hmm. There's always going to be people that disagree with you. There's always going to be people that do it. Well, he comes back and I said, Hey, Jared, how do you feel? He goes, that's the question. That's the right question to ask me. He says, I feel like I did something. I go, welcome to the world of obeying God, man. (laughs) Amen. Amen. Uh, So um, I actually on the myfaithvotes.com or .org. Myfaithvotes.org. I bought a shirt from them. I love it. And I wore it on a plane traveling this week. And um, it says, pray, uh, think, think, pray, vote. Pray, think, vote, whatever, in in what order. And it's funny, the number of comments I got everywhere I went from the flight attendants to the pilot, everybody said, that we need more of that. I go exactly right. We need more praying and we need more voting Christians getting engaged. So very powerful. Um, another way to just bring attention to it, to start conversations, which is super important right now. And we know, uh, November 8th, right. Is the, the election. And so we're looking at 52 days, brother, 52 days till it's all said and done. So now is the time, not tomorrow. Now is the time to get engaged. Yeah. And, and, uh, this is, uh, this is a, a a tipping point. This is a, this is a, you know, Malcolm Gladwell wrote a book called the tipping point. And in that book, he said something that was really, uh, interesting brother. Did you know he, he said, this is the, the amount of a population that is needed to get active in order to create a tipping point in any situation, it's one tenth of one percent. So, really? in other words, a okay. thousand Christians could affect the entire outcome of America. If a thousand Christians got that excited, a hundred Christians in your town, Spokane, a hundred Christians, fifty Christians, ten Christians in in a Moses Lake, mm-hmm. ten Christians in uh, you know fifty Christians in the Tri Cities area could affect huge change. And I'll tell you, there's something about it. You and I both know this because we've been, you know, walking this thing out for a few years. Um, Once you get that, once you take that first step, a momentum mm-hmm. gets behind you. It becomes, it just becomes part of who you are. I am a person who makes a difference in the world. And you know, I love these time travel shows. Do you, mm, do you ever watch these too. time? So yep. Star Trek, they'll go back in time and save the whales. And um, these different time travel, you know, back to the future, right? And it's all oh, this thing. And I'm erasing my, my family's erased because my parents didn't meet or whatever. Right. See, I believe what's one of the reasons why that's so 
fascinating to me just as a person is that right now, the day that we're in this Saturday today at this time, we are in the past. That moment, the moment I was just mm-hmm. talking about, it's already gone, Marty. Mm-hmm. It already, and there it goes again. Right. And so right now where I am, the actions I take right now, they call it the butterfly effect. This one little thing, this one little ripple that I do right now ripples into the future. Mm-hmm. And who knows what, what, what my prayer or my street outreach or my act, my random act of kindness is going to do in a thousand years. Mm-hmm. And um, one of the, the blessings of Facebook, and there's not very many, by the way, <laughs> was that I had people that got a hold of me that I was their youth pastor 25, 30 years ago. And what happened in their life? Because I showed up and loved them and cared about them and inspired them when they were teenagers or young people. Wow. And it's, it's probably the most satisfying thing. Now I didn't everyone, you know, and not mm-hmm. every, obviously, but if there's one person that contacts you, that usually represents a whole bunch of people that wish they would, or, Amen. you know yeah. what I mean? It's like radio, right? That you get yep. one letter, it represents hundreds of people that wouldn't write mm-hmm. uh, an email or something like that. Same thing with legislation, right? They said that for every letter is 200 people of voters. Yeah. If you contact your legislator by mail or email or phone call, uh, you you are representing um, 200, 200 plus people. That's a lot. And moves people to say, oh, this is serious. This is important. So, so my, just to wrap up this little segment here mm-hmm. is if you knew what the future is like, you know, we can move into the future all the, anytime we want, because we can read Matthew 24, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, you read revelation, mm-hmm. whatever, but in all of that, in revelation, people, people oh scary of the mark of the beast and all this stuff. But what do you find in revelation more than anything else in that book is worship. Mm-hmm. Blessed be the lamb that was slain. And you have this unnumerable multitude victorious over the beast in his image. They don't talk about that. The, the, the few people that go in the lake of fire, they're nothing compared to the people that say, no, when taking your stupid mark and we're victorious over it. They, they overcame him. It says by the blood of the lamb and by the, the word, word of the testimony, testimony and that yep. they didn't love their life so much to shrink back from death. See, we can die daily, just like Paul said. Mm-hmm. We can die daily. We can take our cross up daily. We can die to our selfishness and we can just live for God for a minute. <laughs> you know, we can just do something Amen. for God. Amen. Lester Sumrall famously said years ago, people have said, well, how do you, how are you such a great man of God? And he's, well, of course, I don't believe that I'm that such a great man of God. I see, you know, ask my wife, whatever. But he said, mm-hmm. you know, I make it my goal every day to do something that pleases God and something mm-hmm. for my fellow man, because that's the two greatest commandments, right? Mm-hmm. Love the Lord, your God and love your neighbor as yourself. Yep. Jesus said the same thing that the, all of the commandments are wrapped up in those first two loving yeah. God with your whole heart, soul, and strength and your neighbor as yourself. That's not easy, but it is very simple. This is the idea here. Here it is. Uh, so we're applying English this perfect. to our, our, our culture. Yeah, exactly. We're applying right. this to our school board our school system. We're applying this to our, our, um, you know, our daily walk in the, in the business world or homemaking world or in our church. You know, um, I saw this, uh, graphic, um, 
on, on again, not, not a lot of good things on Facebook, but this was a pretty good one. It was called beware of the church trap. And it had this church building propped up with a, like a stick under it and a string on it. Oh, right? yeah. You know how you do like a yep. box yep. trap. Yep. So people go to church, they get trapped in there and they feel like that's making a difference, but it's not. That's where you get equipped that when the church, you know, I loved Sean Foyt, his teacher mm-hmm. say the church has left the building. When, mm-hmm. when the church leaves the building, that's when the action, that's when the real activity happens is in the field mm-hmm. that the church is, is to be a camp, right? It's like the fort. It's the fortress. You go in there, you're safe, you're fed, you're equipped. And then when you go out, because you can't live in there seven days a week, 24 right. hours a day, brother, Yep. go out and you don't go out in a defensive mode, as you mentioned just a moment ago, but you go out in an offensive way to bring the light of the gospel, to bring the light of truth. See, that's the that's the war you were talking about earlier. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Is it's a war on truth. It's a, the war on science. Is science is racist. Two plus two equals four is racist. Mm-hmm. That's a war on the truth. Two plus two isn't racist. Two plus two equals four is the truth, mm-hmm. right? And we know the truth is Jesus, right? The way, the truth, and the life is Christ. And so ultimately, it comes back to, I've said, a spiritual battle. It's good versus evil, uh, God versus the enemy. It's uh, for the souls of, of all humanity, right? And so on, before I forget, I, I said something earlier, you mentioned it, and then I wanted to come back to it. And it ties into this whole thing about stepping out, about serving your fellow man, about uh, exercising your faith, right? You had Joyce Feiss, you know, speak to your group the other day, right? She's been doing talking about education for years, but she's sisters with Sharon Hannick, who's also one of our champions, who's a, a believer, who's got engaged, shed the light on the, the attack on our children, probably for the last 15 or 20 years. So sisters in the same family uh, have been working and exercising their faith for, uh, like I said, at least 10 years, at least maybe 20 years that I know of, uh, affecting real change. Like how many groups do you think they've spoken to over the last 20 years, brother? Yeah, a lot. Yeah, right? How much do you think uh, in the end of time, looking back, they've made a huge difference, but they stepped out. And both of them are are not that big of people. I mean, they're tiny, right? And, you know, as you think about this, there's no restrictions or obstacles that we can't overcome in Christ. So this is one of those things where you know, if they can do it and make a huge difference, we can do it. And so I'm encouraged by that. But I wanted to make sure I circle back and, and just gave the two sisters a shout out. Joe's, Joyce and Sharon are fantastic, as we know. It's true. And, and they are doing what they can do mm-hmm. to affect the change that needs to happen. And as, as Joyce was sharing, people were, sh- they're, no, <laughs> they're shouting there. And I'm like, okay, that's stirring you up. Take that and do something with it. Mm-hmm. Let's get the right school board people in there. Let's begin to push back. See, the, the, big, the big change, the big reset that's been happening is the shift from we the people to we the, cover, we the government. Mm-hmm. And so now you have the federal government is starting to take over and to press down on the states because they're bribing us with their own money. We send them a thousand dollars, they send us back a hundred bucks, and then they say, Oh, by the way, we're in charge now because we gave you back a hundred bucks. Yeah. No. And by the way, you want the hundred bucks, you have to do X, Y, and Z. Right. Correct. Yeah. yeah. And then you have the state pushing down on the local, the 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 Counties. county mm-hmm. and on the and the counties pushing down on the cities. It's backwards. This is backwards. Mm-hmm. The voter is in charge. 
if you don't vote, you don't have any right to say anything. Obviously you could complain all you want, but you didn't do anything. So um, we've got to get that back and we've got to see that that was, you know, it's state law that we teach civics and things like that. Well, they teach civics, but they teach it in a way that isn't the truth. And so, you know, I've heard that if you take a class in college on the constitution, they virtually never read the constitution, brother. They only look at case law and, um, wow. Within they call it precedent, right? Yeah. Precedent. Yeah. Yeah. They look at that. They never look at Article 1, Section 1, Article 2, Section 3, you know, whatever. Right. Like, why, you know, if you're going to have a class on Constitution, you should read you the could, Constitution. You could, you could read the Constitution <laughs> in like 20 minutes, right? Even yep. including all 27 amendments. You can read mm -hmm. it in like 20, you know, even if you're a slow reader, maybe a half an hour, right? It's not yeah. that big. Some of the, uh, some of the, you know, the English words are, you know, maybe a little dated because it was written a couple hundred years ago, but um, ultimately it's pretty easy to understand, right? The, the mm -hmm. right to, you know, freedom of speech, freedom of religion, freedom of the press, the right to keep and bear arms, uh, mm -hmm. you know, the, the, the prohibitions against illegal search and seizure on cruel and unusual punishment, mm -hmm. um, you know, bail, a trial by a, a jury of my peers to be confronted with my accusers. See, this is one of the things that uh, the the FBI, we could go, let's go talk about the FBI for a little it's bit. Perfect. Federal Bureau yep. of Intimidation. Yep. Okay. So they came in and this scared this lady to death, senior citizen, her husband. Uh, and they were like, we got an anonymous tip that you were in January 6th. Well, they weren't there. They were not at the Capitol building on January 6th. They simply did it because this person has a Trump sign in their yard and they're, mm -hmm. you know what? So, the, the Constitution, the, the Bill of Rights says that lady has the right to be confronted and to be to know who her accusers are. Mm -hmm. Right. And if you get an anonymous tip, then sorry, that don't work. You need to have this person, my neighbor, Miss Shirley Jones, swore out a thing and said she believes you were in the Capitol on January 6th. And you can say, no, I wasn't Shirley Jones. Mm -hmm. Right. And um, so this, you know, we've got to get back to that thing. That thing mm -hmm. isn't flawed. We just haven't, you know, every major problem we have right now with the FBI, Department of Justice, all this stuff is because we're getting away from that wonderful, amazing piece of paper known as the Constitution. Yep. A hundred percent. Now, you saw that my pillow guy got raided, right? Mike Lindell. Yep. Mike you know what Lindell. I did? I immediately went to MikeLindellLegalDefense.com and made a donation, brother. You know, yeah. I've been buying pillows. I've been buying sheets and everything else. I love it. There was a comedian. He goes, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. I watch Tucker every day. I even bought the pillow. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, see, uh, we. this is the absolute desperation. Why did they do that? Because... Mike Lindell dares to question the election. Exactly right. That's it. I'm glad you went there because that's all of those Trump supporters, even the documents that now has been appointed a special master to protect Trump's rights are going to review the documents before the DOJ can go through them. 
uh, is all about election integrity. It's all about the fact that and when Biden says that you may be radical or you're a threat to democracy, if you question, have a question about the integrity or the election in 2020, why can we not ask the question? And it makes, begs to differ, doesn't it? It's like, no, you're crack crazy. It's like, mm. my my wife's such a nice lady. She's not like me, brother. You know that she's, mm-hmm. she's nice. She's nice. She's not a person like me, but uh, <laughs> she, she gets angry. She's like, well, if the election is so great, why don't they just show us? Right. And just show us what we want to see. It's our elections. It's our country. It's our vote. And we shouldn't, you know, as Tambourine Brelli said back in 2018 on a video I took of her, she said, they tell us we need to trust the elections, but we shouldn't have to trust the elections. We should know. Right. It's, it's an election thing. The va- ballots are anonymous. Yeah. They're, 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 they're anonymized. You can't tell any information on that. Mm-hmm. And um, why can't we just look? Can't, why can't we look in the black box? So I'm I'm praying every day that God will take his finger and stick it in their little counting computers and scramble the data. So we've got to go. count them by hand. There we go. We've got to count them by hand. Brother, we need to get back to voting at the precinct in person one day, election day. If you need an absentee ballot, you've got a valid reason for it. You get it. That's right. fine. You're deployed military, you're invalid, whatever. Going to be traveling, get your absentee ballot, but everybody shouldn't have to be absentee ballot. We should vote in the precinct, sign the book, show our ID, and then that night when the polls close, you count them there. You got a Republican, yep. Democrat, they're counting it. They all agree this is the results from this thing. You transmit that. We would have all the election results on election day, not on Thursday, Friday, Monday, the following week, whatever. Right. Right. We would know then we would be completely verified and known. And, you know, we don't need computers to count 900 votes, which is about as big as a precinct gets, right? Usually precincts are in the two to 300 votes, mm-hmm. right? So it's super easy. And, um, and we need to start demanding that. We need to demand it. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, it's so convenient to vote by mail in case I forget. I can just like, oops, I forgot. No, no, it's election day. Let's make it a holiday. Let's go to the thing and vote and um, let's do our duty. Right. And, uh, and let's make sure that it's, it's, it's legit. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. We got to fix this. We don't fix this. It's, it's, uh, it's over, but uh, I don't think they can cheat us that much. If we'll show up, if we'll vote, if we'll be part of the process now, then we can start to demand that that gets fixed. And don't forget we had last week, we had Brad Clippert, K L I P P E R T. He's running as for secretary of state, as a Republican, as a write-in, you have to write his name. You have to check the box and write Brad Clippert, K-L-I-P-P-E-R-T. And if you even get close, I've heard from the secretary of state's office, they will count it. I remember mm-hmm. that true. from your, from your write-in race, yep. Marty McClendon, when you ran for uh, Congress, you got a lot of votes. I did. I, um, yeah. I want to talk well, about Well, the main today. thing we need is we need <laughs> to make sure that Julie Anderson, who pretends to be an independent, does not get it. And I think Brad, that's if Brad just does that, uh, not that Steve Hobbs is any great guy, but he's been a more moderate Democrat over the years, which is why they hate him. But this 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 sort of fake uh, independent of Julie Anderson, who's a very left, hardcore Democrat, um, this is a ruse. And mm-hmm. so if we could get our, our people to write back, I will be writing Brad Clippert in. I know it's a secret ballot. And I shouldn't tell you that, but I'm going to be doing it. 
I will. Yeah, I would too. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, Uh, yes, sir. Tell people how they can listen to our shows. No, (laughs) (laughs) you do it. Obviously, we we try at a very uh, good after the show. We post the shows themselves on our podcast site, whether it be Anchor, uh, Apple iTunes, iHeartRadio. You can tell your smart speaker to play Doug and Marty versus the world, and it will do it. You can also go to DougAndMarty.com to get a hold of us uh, and go from there. Right, Doug? Yeah, and also I think the uh, podcast kind of. The, if you click there, it'll also take you to things. So maybe you don't have a podcast or whatever. I mean, nothing beats listening to us live on the radio on Saturday, brother. I mean, that's kind of like the ultimate. But a lot of times you get something really good and you want your friends to know. So go to DougAndMarty.com and uh, connect with us there. We appreciate yeah. you so much. We have seven weeks to go until this election is over. Just a little more than 50 days. So please get involved. Get your friends involved. Let's do this for Jesus. This is Doug Bassler. And Marty McClendon. This is Doug and Marty versus the world. Amen. See you next week. God bless. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.